1: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and just a quick reminder that this month of episodes is brought to us by Revolution Math. I hope you've heard me talk about this company that has a goal to help kids fall in love with math through their interactive, story-based curriculum. Each week, your child meets online with a live teacher and a group of three other students for an hour, and they take on the roles of characters in a story and solve different quests using math. It's very fun and creative, and it all aligns with Common Core math standards based on their grade level. As part of their partnership with 3 and 30 Revolution Math is offering listeners a month-long trial for only $1 if you use the code 3 and 30 at checkout. The trial includes four one-hour math classes and a complimentary learning kit, which is mailed to your home. Let me know if you've tried Revolution Math and what your experience has been. I hope it will be a great fit for your family. Go to revolutionmath.com and use the code 3 30 at checkout. And now on to the show. This is episode 130 As I titled today's episode, I couldn't help but think of one of the most famous songs of the 1970s group, The Jackson Five. I'm sure you're all familiar with it. A, B, C, it's as easy as one, two, three. (laughs) Creating and changing our habits often feels anything but easy as A, B, C. If you're like me, you've spent years thinking about habits you'd like to change or create, and yet everything you try doesn't seem to stick. Nothing is quite as discouraging and undermining of your self-confidence than struggling with the same poor habits and lack of discipline year after year after year. That's why I'm incredibly grateful to have habit expert and humanity cheerleader, Dr. BJ Fogg on the podcast today. BJ teaches at Stanford and is the founder of the Stanford Behavior Design Lab. He's studied human behavior for over 25 years and coached over 40,000 people on his innovative framework called Tiny Habits. He's also the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything, which is a book that I recently devoured and has been helping me to make major shifts in my life. BJ believes that through the Tiny Habits framework, it really can be as easy as ABC to create our own good habits, as well as to help our children design and master theirs. It's such an honor to have this world-renowned expert on the podcast. So BJ Fogg, welcome to 3 and 30.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for inviting me.
1: Yes. I'm so excited to have you on. I loved your book. I love mm, your work. You. And I think it's because at the heart of what you do, you seem like an encourager. That's why <laughs> I called you a, a humanity uh, cheerleader yeah. in that introduction, because your work is just incredibly reassuring that not only mm. is it not our fault that our habits don't stick, but that there's a simple solution for it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Guilty as charged. I'm a middle child. (laughs) So I was the third of seven kids. So, you know, kind of grew up kind of let's help everybody get along and then ran into my own personal hardships where it's like, oh my gosh. And I think that just gives you empathy and understanding Mm -hmm. for people that have hardships.
1: Yes, absolutely. And like I said in that intro, there is nothing quite as discouraging or undermining of your self-confidence than Feeling like you can't do basic things that you want to do and why won't these Mm -hmm. habits stick? And so that's why I feel like your work is really reassuring. In fact, in the opening chapter of your book, you have this great metaphor. You say, if you tried putting together a chest of drawers with faulty instructions and parts missing, you would feel frustrated, but you probably wouldn't blame yourself for this, would you? You would blame the manufacturer instead. But when it comes to failed attempts at change, we almost never blame the manufacturer. We blame ourselves. And I thought, oh, that's so true. (laughs) So what do you mean by blaming the manufacturer when it comes to habit and behavioral design?
0: Yeah. Well, too often people believe that this behavior change product or this new program or something some blogger is going to talk about is well designed. Guess what? Most of the time it's very poorly designed. Mm. And part of what I'm doing in tiny habits in my work more broadly is to help people understand that so much of what you've heard before about behavior change is not helpful, or it's wrong, or it's misguided. Hmm. And you need to step back and question so many assumptions like, oh, I'm going to set a goal, and then I'm going to track the goal, and I'm going to make myself accountable. Guess what? You don't have to do any of those things. To change your behavior. But everybody assumes, of course, that's how it has to be done. Sometimes those things are helpful. Sometimes they're not. So there is a much easier way to change your habits. And there is a way to transform your life that doesn't require a lot of willpower. It doesn't require you feeling guilty. And it doesn't even require lots of motivation. It does require a little bit of design. Hmm. And it does require that you have compassion for yourself.
1: Mm, I love that. So key. I feel like that's a major theme of my podcast is having compassion for yourself. And so this is just so aligned. I'm talking about having compassion for yourself when you're developing habits. And you actually have this three-part kind of recipe for building a habit that's all based in decades of research on human behavior. And it is...
0: A B C, easy as one, two, three. Yes, A B (laughs) C. Now here we go.
1: Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna dive into those three pieces as our three takeaways, which I'm so excited about. And before we do, I would love for you to give like an overview, a quick overview of all three, so people have context, and then we'll go into each one individually.
0: Yeah, I didn't design it to be ABC. It just happened to be that way. So think (laughs) ABC, B B is the behavior. Let's start there. B is the new habit. So a habit is a type of behavior. It's something you do automatically. And so with the behavior, you scale it way back to be super, super, super easy. You scale it back to be tiny. So rather than doing 20 push-ups, maybe you do two wall push-ups. So that's B. You, You hack it, you make it tiny. That A stands for anchor. Now, anchor is the thing that's going to remind you to do the habit. And then a tiny habits method, you find an existing routine that will remind you. So, and I called it an anchor because you're attaching the behavior to this solid thing in your life. So let's say you do want to build some arm strength and every morning you start the coffee maker. So then it's like, oh, after I start the coffee maker, I will do two counter push-ups in the kitchen. So the, the coffee maker is the anchor, the A, and you just associate with after I push start on the coffee maker, then I do two counter push ups. So you've got A and B. And the third one, C, is a technique called celebration. Hmm. Now, celebration is something you do, like you say, way to go, Rachel, or good job, BJ, or a little dance or whatever makes you feel happy and successful, you do it. In the moment of the new habit, and the reason you do the celebration is because you're wiring the new habit into your brain through emotions. So celebration is a technique for creating a positive emotion, and that's what wires the habit in. So you got A, B, C, you design this. We call that a recipe, the way you set it up. And if it doesn't work so well, then you just tweak it. You don't blame yourself, you don't beat yourself up, and so on. So you design it, you try it. If it works, you keep going. If it doesn't, you revise it, just like you're redesigning a room or pictures on a wall, and you don't get upset. You just say, Oh, I'm going to try something else, change it up.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just, I love it. I love the self compassion that runs through it. I love how simple and easy it is. And if some listeners are thinking, This sounds familiar. Where have I heard this before? Actually, the very first episode of Three and 30, episode one, was with my dear friend, Candy Kid, who's been a fan mm-hmm. of your work for. Since the beginning, I think of Tiny Habits. And episode one was called Getting Unmotivated Kids to Help. Mm. And she, nice. as one of her takeaways, <laughs> she talked about. Tiny Habits and Celebration Blitz. And so it's pretty amazing that now, a hundred plus episodes later, we have the founder of Tiny Habits on the podcast. And I have to add that what gave me like the push and the courage to reach out to you is that Candy asked me to for her birthday present.
0: (gasps) (laughs) So happy birthday to Candy. Happy birthday (laughs) to Candy.
1: Yes. Yeah, she said, will you, for my birthday present, will you please reach out to BJ Fogg and see if you can get him on and interview him? So we've come full circle here and it's pretty exciting. Well,
0: thank you to you, Candy, for introducing people early to tiny habits. That's great.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's the overview of ABC. And now we're going to dive into each one of those letters as the three takeaways. We're going to do them out of order. We're going to go BAC, I mm-hmm. believe. And so why don't you start as your first takeaway with telling us about behavior, that which is the B.
0: So think about the new habit that you want. And I'll repeat that last word, want. Pick habits that you want, not habits that you feel like you should have. Start with what you want, the new habits you want. And the habits that you feel like you should have, set those aside for now. You'll get to those. But The method and the habits that you feel like you should have rarely become habits, but the habits that you want, you can readily make. And so think about what you want. And if you don't know the specific habit, think of the aspiration. It's like, oh, I want to reduce my stress. Now, even though that starts with a verb, reduce, that's not a behavior, that's the result of a behavior. So let's say you go, what are specific behaviors I can do to reduce my stress? Oh, I could meditate every morning. I could. Flip through old pictures of when I was a child. I could text my best friend. I could listen to ABC <laughs> or not on the radio. So find a specific behavior that you want to do and then make it so simple. Scale it back so you can do it even on your worst of days when you're busy, when you're stressed. So so don't think of the most optimistic view of yourself. Think of the realistic. There are days when I'm stressed out, I'm busy, I'm just not in the mood. I'm going to make it so small I can still do it. So let's say, for example, to reduce your stress, I'll come up with something a little unusual. You will just stretch your fingers. So I'm holding my hands and I'm just doing like a miniature like stretch on my fingers. And that's all I'm going to do is just stretch my fingers and just feel the relaxation. Okay, I know that's kind of odd, but I want to use a fresh example. So it's like, great, rather than doing a full yoga session, I'm just going to do this like mini yoga and stretch my fingers. Okay, so you... Make it really, really tiny. So even when you're stressed or not feeling well, you can still stretch each finger. And typically it would take less than 30 seconds and it doesn't take any effort. So you make it tiny and there's different ways of doing that. But the key is pick what you want and then make it so simple that even on your worst of days, you can still do it.
1: Yeah, I love that. And one of my favorite podcasters, her name is Brooke Snow. And she talks about this concept Mm -hmm. with, she calls it floors and ceilings, where she says, Most people, when they set a goal or they want to start a new habit, they only have a ceiling, which is like on their perfect day, when they have energy, when they have motivation, but they don't have a floor. And so they don't have any stability. Some days they may reach their ceiling, but what about on the days when they can't? They're just like kind of floundering in that in-between space. So she says, develop a floor. And in her words, she says, go small and then go even smaller. And so- on the days when you can't get your ceiling, you can at least get your floor. Yeah, And I felt like I thought of that when I read your book because you're really saying start with floors for all behaviors, start with floors, just stick to floors and do them consistently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that really reinforces a new identity for yourself. You become someone, you're like, I am the type of person that keeps promises to myself. I am consistent because it's so, so small that you kind of, can't not be consistent in some ways.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And let me build on that. That's right on. And here's why people get stuck with ceiling or get stuck with, you know, the big ideas at that moment when you're like, yeah, I'm ready. I want to change. I want to do that. In that moment, you are really motivated or you wouldn't be thinking that Mm -hmm. when you have high levels of motivation, you are capable of doing hard things. But what we're terrible at anticipating is how that motivation is going to sag or how other motivators are going to come in. Oh, my kid's screaming. My husband just had this emergency at work. Oh, a friend just called me and she needs me to do something for her. So it's not like we're making, it's just a systematic mistake that people make. Is like, oh, I'm feeling this time for sure I'll do it. And what Tiny Habits acknowledges is like, you know what? Your motivations is going to drop. That's just human nature. It goes up and down. Some days will be up. Some days will be down. Let's set you up for success. Set the bar super low. The days that you want to do more than the tiny finger stretches, you can do more. You can stretch your shoulders. You could do sun salutations. You could do, if you could see me, you could see different stretches I'm doing right now. But... <laughs> The bar is always low and it stays low. So you can always succeed. And that then changes, like you said, Rachel, it changes how you think about yourself. It's like, oh, I'm the kind of person who can be consistent. I'm the kind of person who can change. I'm the kind of person who can succeed. But you've got to have, I don't want to say trust the process, but you've got to shift away from the old-fashioned go-big-or-go-home mentality and say, no, habits and transformations about consistency how I can be consistent is I make it so easy, drop dead easy. Yes, I can always do more when I want. You know, there's days and you will naturally do more, but you set the bar low and you keep it low. So even like three years from now, even though you might be doing like you know 20 minutes of yoga after you start the coffee maker, there's going to be those mornings where all you do is stretch your fingers and you get a bam, good for me. I did it. Go on with my day.
1: Yeah, and it still counts. You can't start to... Till- hold yourself to the higher standard. You keep holding yourself to the tiny habit and be consistent (laughs) with it. Yeah. And how do we stay consistent with it? I think that leads really well to A, to our second takeaway.
0: Yes, you find something that will consistently remind you and in the tiny habits way, so A, B, and C are all hacks. You got three hacks coming together. The hack for the reminder is to find an existing routine. Now, I gave a TED Talk how... I discovered this in my own life. It's like, oh my gosh. So I was figuring this out, working on my own habits during a really troubled time. And just thought, oh my gosh, the secret is after. And I have these notes like, after, that's the secret. What does this habit come after? And then I named it an anchor, like I said. So you would tie it to this thing. Even though people think, oh, I don't have any routines, you do. You get up in the morning, you pee, you start the coffee maker, you feed the dog, you you know, get in the car. Maybe not right now, you don't get in the car, but you do have routines. <laughs> and so what you want to do is look at in the normal course of my day, at least for a daily habit, what does this new stretching habit, relaxation habit, what would it come after? Mm. And that's a moment of design because you're designing this into your natural routine. And then you just associate, I'm going to stick with coffee maker, starting the coffee maker with this very tiny finger stretch. And there you have it. Then you place it there after that reliable (laughs) routine of starting the coffee maker.
1: Yeah. And that does seem like it fits to me because you might be standing there waiting for the coffee anyway. So it seems like a habit that fits with the anchor of kind of this relaxing morning ritual that you have of getting your coffee, stretching your fingers, and then whatever whatever comes next. And I think this was so exciting to me when I read this in your book to realize that all of these existing routines that we have in our lives are opportunities to if we can identify them yes. if we start to look through the lens of tiny habits and we're looking all the time for okay what are my reliable habits then every single one of those mm-hmm. you can attach some new habit that you would like to do but you haven't been able to so for example one of mine that i was very consistently doing until this coronavirus thing and now my kids don't go to school anymore but um <laughs> after i drop them off at school which is something that i have to do every single day like that is happening I dropped Mm -hmm. them off at school and I would walk straight, as soon as I walked in the door, I would walk over and pick up my scriptures, which I left there on the table in the living room, so they were right there, Mm -hmm. and I would sit down and I would read for 15 minutes. And it's been years of me wanting to be more consistent with that habit, and I'd never found success with it until I attached Mm -hmm. it to the anchor of as soon as I walk in from dropping my kids off from school, I grab the scriptures and I do it. And you know, what's interesting is now that I don't have that anchor anymore, I don't have that habit anymore. So I need to find a new anchor.
0: Yeah. And so you, you, you nailed it right there. One thing people can do, you could start with A. And now we started with B, the habit, the behavior, because that's what people are thinking, but you could and I'll build on what you said, Rachel, you could just sit down and say, okay, let me list 10 things I do every day. Just list them. Oh, I get up. Oh, I go into my kids' room and say, hey, get up. (laughs) And whatever, just list 10 things. And you have many more than that. And then look at each of those existing routines and say, wow, what new habit could I put right after that? What would make sense right after that? So I like to think of it as you have, after every solid routine that you already have in your life, you have real estate right after that moment where you can develop a new habit. So you have all this potential for creating habits. So if you just list your, and in the book, tiny habits, I give some guidance of here are typical mornings. Here's what you do at lunch and so on. But if you just list 10, easy way to go and say, well, what could come after this? And if you can't think of something, go to the next one. What would come right after feeding the dog? Hmm. What would come right after starting the dishwasher? Oh, and then think of a habit that you want that you could put there and just make it really tiny. And that's one way to design, uh, use a tiny habits method to design new habits into your life.
1: Yeah. It's so powerful. I've thought about, I get chronic kidney stones and I need to be drinking Mm -hmm. more water than I drink. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, I, I don't feel thirsty that often. So it's hard for me to remember to drink water. But -hmm. when I was reading the book, I thought, okay, because an example that you give in the book is going to the bathroom, <laughs> that after yeah. that, after you would go to the bathroom, you would do two push push-ups. And I thought, I, I don't really have a desire to do push-ups. But what if after I went to the bathroom, I drank a glass of water and that would require me to have a glass in each bathroom. But if I just quickly went to the bathroom, washed my hands, filled up the glass yeah. and drank it, that could become a tiny habit to help me to get past this kidney stone problem I'm having. So that's yeah. one idea I had.
0: Yeah, so you could just map it. Now in my own life, what I've found, and we're going back to the behavior, is the drinking of water is too big. So mm. instead I scale it back and in tiny habits called the starter step, I just fill the glass up and I put it down on my work desk because the actual drinking of it may be too much. So if you yeah. find that you're not doing it, one way to troubleshoot is like, let's make, let me make it even easier. I just have to fill the glass of water. That's success. And mm. I find for me anyway, if I'm looking at my glass of water that has not even an ounce left in it, but if I fill it up, there's just times I just pick it up and drink during the day. And then the next habit is after I take the last sip of water, I will refill it. And that way I end up drinking a lot of water. And in that way, as you know, Rachel, because I've confessed this in my book, I have a tiny habit recipe that goes after I pee, I will do two push push-ups. Now I do a lot more than that. So this cycle of drinking water, going to bathroom, doing pushups, and I do it throughout the day. And I know that sounds maybe not very big, but guess what? It adds up over time. You drink a lot more water, you get stronger. Days I do 15 or 20 pushups at a stretch. The days when I'm just too tired or some, I'm in a rush, I do two and chalk it up as success. So you you can just design these things into your life pretty readily, but it mm-hmm. does take some adjustment and some redesign typically because you won't get it perfect the first time. And, part, and a big part of the method is dive in and try it and then adjust and adjust. Uh, I call it practice and revise. Mm-hmm. Revision's an important part of the method.
1: Yeah. And I did have a question about anchors. So what if you struggle... You do always do the behavior that's the anchor, but remembering Mm -hmm. to attach the habit to the anchor. Like, for example, my children, and I do wanna emphasize that you can use this method to help your children build good habits. Mm -hmm. My kids are really working on remembering to flush the toilet, (laughs) which is kind of gross, but I think a lot of moms will relate to that. And when I've talked to my son and I've said, Can you explain to me why you don't flush the toilet? He says, Well, I'm just, I stop my playing. I'm so into my playing and I stop and I run into the bathroom, which seems like an inconvenience to even stop your playing that long. I go to the bathroom and I'm not even thinking, mom, like I just run back to my Legos. (laughs) So even though the anchor for him could be after I finish going to the bathroom, I flush the toilet. How do I help him to remember to attach the habit to the anchor?
0: And that brings us to the letter C celebration. Yes. So perfect. One way to do this. I mean, there, there's a troubleshooting order and I map it out in the book, but we, I'll just go to the letter C because we want to go there now. So let's say your kid's not doing it. What you would do is you would have your child rehearse it with a celebration. Let me explain celebration first, and then I'll come back to how you would rehearse the habit sequence with the celebration. Okay. The celebration is something that you do that makes you feel successful. For some people, it's just a thumbs up. For some people, it's like a fist pump. They may add like awesome as they pump pump their fist. Uh, For some people, they do this sort of happy dance. If you could see me, I'm doing this little jiggle dance. (laughs) Other people, I mean, there's self-talk that people do. Uh, You can do sound effects in here like do-do-do-do. You can imagine the roar of a crowd, anything that makes you feel successful. So for your child, here's what you would do. You would, and you probably know this. Let's say your child is throwing a piece of paper into the recycling bin across the room and we'll make it a boy. Let's say the, the boy's throwing it. When he makes it in, what does he do when it goes into the recycling bin? Watch what he does. He probably is like, yes, and raises his arms. Okay, that's his natural yeah. celebration. So here's what you would do. Mm-hmm. And we'll call the uh, child Joshua. She'd say, okay, Joshua, we're going to wire in the habit of you flushing the toilet. So just like just like Tiger Woods practices golf putts, just like Serena Williams practices serves and so on, we're going to rehearse this and we're going to wire it in. And so have Joshua, I, I, I guess he can't really pee, but it's like, okay, you do your business with to the toilet, then you flush the toilet. I would literally have him flush. And then he celebrates like, yes. And say, so, okay, let's do it again. Yeah. Pretend like you're peeing, flush the toilet, and then you go, yes. And you have him rehearse the sequence, anchor behavior, with the celebration mm-hmm. seven to 10 times. Okay. Now, if he truly feels happy and successful as he goes, yes, then what's happening in his brain, his brain's going, wow, I feel good after I flush the toilet. I'm going to remember to flush the toilet again. So it's a dopamine release. The brain is taking notice. So what you do is you rehearse with celebration to wire the habit. It doesn't take 21 days. It doesn't take 66 days. What it takes is the feeling of a strong emotion that the brain associates with that behavior of flushing the toilet. So you can do a rehearsal session. Now, if it doesn't wire in on session one, that's okay. Try it again. Tiger Woods didn't get to be like a great putter by trying one day. So in Tiny Habits, you hack your brain and you, you can do it very specifically as a troubleshooting mechanism by do anchor, behavior, celebration, bam, repeat. And watch what happens.
1: Yeah. This is another really compassionate aspect of your work. I feel like is you say, and you don't just say you've studied it, that you change best by feeling good, not by berating yourself and feeling bad about yourself. And so these little celebrations are truly powerful, even for adults to do them and to say, I'm awesome. I, I got back from a walk today and I threw my arms in the air and said, I'm awesome, you know, and it really does give you this little boost. And in your book, you also mentioned that, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but that the feeling of success is more powerful to wire in a behavior than pretty much any other positive emotion. Like specifically the feeling of success wires it best. Is that true?
0: Yeah. Well, it's best to design for the feeling of success. There are some other emotions that will wire in habits like pleasure. Mm-hmm. but you can't just suddenly give yourself pleasure I and mean, uh-huh. you can carry around little bits of chocolate and eat the chocolate. And so, but <laughs> it's not that practical, but what I've found, so I've taught 40,000 people this method over the course of eight years, it's been 200 to 300 people week after week, after week, after week. people can hack, they can do a physical movement or think of a sound effect or smile. smile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That will give you this feeling of success. So there are various emotions that do work, but the one that is accessible to all of us is this feeling of success. Mm. Now that serves double duty. Not only does it rewire our brain and wire the habit in that positive feeling of success then radiates out to other parts of your day. So you get an added bonus besides wiring in the habit you get this upbeat this sense of i can succeed and so on so it really serves more than one purpose
1: mm, yes oh that's this is so great and and then you put it all together And you give a little recipe card in your book of Mm -hmm. how to build an ABC habit. And I would love to challenge all the moms who are listening to do this this week. Something else you talk about in your book is how powerful it is to teach something that wires it in. So when I read that, I thought, okay, if every mom listening this week will teach her kids the ABC framework and they'll sit down together as a family and they'll each write an ABC habit on a recipe card and then they can practice it this week. So tell mm-hmm. us what the recipe is that you would write on the card.
0: Well, it's, you could write, you create three columns in the far left column. You write after I dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle column, you write, I will dot, dot, dot. And in the far right mm-hmm. column, you could just put a smiley face. That's the celebration. So you go after I start the coffee maker, I will stretch my fingers and then the celebration, whether that's you doing a little dance, whether that's saying way to go BJ or high, high-fiving yourself, Rachel. So find what celebration works for you. So that's how you write it out on a card. At Tiny Habits, we have some downloadable templates, mm-hmm. but you could just grab an index card or a piece of paper and draw three columns and say, there's my recipe right there.
1: Well, one thing that I loved about your book is I can tell you're a teacher because after each chapter, you have application exercises and assignments. <laughs> to Don't just read this book, actually do something with it. Let it change you. And what we covered in today's episode is the introduction of your book. Like we've barely scratched the surface. So I highly encourage everyone to get the book and dive in and do the exercises to design your behavior. And BJ, I just want to thank you so much for coming on three and 30 and inspiring us to believe that change is possible. It just has to start tiny, right?
0: Yeah. And thank you, Rachel. Thank you for the work you do. I mean, the people that you're sharing with have some really challenging lives and especially now. Mm -hmm. And so I feel so fortunate that you've invited me to share my work because as you saw in the last chapter of the book, especially my life and this work is all about helping people be happier and healthier. And you're helping me do that. So thank you so much.
1: Well, Thank you so much for coming on. I loved this interview with BJ Fogg. He really is a cheerleader for humanity. And I hope that you feel excited that change is possible and that you can build new habits into your daily life, even when you're really busy as a mom. I hope that you'll make your own recipe, your habit recipe card this week after listening and possibly do it with your children as well. I'd love to see your recipe cards. And I plan to reshare them on Instagram this week when people share them with me. I will pass them along to inspire the community. So send me an email or a DM with a photo of your recipe card or your family's recipe cards and let me know how it's going. It's so rewarding for me to hear how real families are implementing the takeaways from 3 and 30 episodes. And speaking of takeaways, here's a recap from this episode about creating new habits. Here's your three takeaways. And remember, they go ABC. Takeaway number one is Anchor. Identify a reliable anchor from the routines that already exist in your daily life. Takeaway number two, behavior. Attach a tiny behavior to that anchor that you'd like to turn into a habit. And takeaway three, or C, is to reinforce that new habit with a small celebration, like saying, I'm awesome. And you might feel a little ridiculous doing that, but that's part of it. It makes you smile and laugh which helps your brain to wire in that behavior. So anchor, behavior, celebrate. Friends, you're awesome. I hope you know that and believe it. Like BJ, I am rooting for you every day. And I can't wait to hear about the tiny habits that you're developing with your family.